When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminder, every episode of this podcast premieres live on AMP. So download the app, subscribe to me, at Richard Sherman, to tune in to all of our shows live. The Volume. You know this, sir. You lost for these jokes. You Championship. That should always be the expectation. I ain't mad at you. Go ahead. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. We got my coach, one of my favorite people, Pete Carroll. I just want to say before we get started, I appreciate you. I appreciate the, the the chapters of your journey that I participated in. You know, it's a small snippet of your 50 years of coaching. Pretty but, significant, though. But I thought it was a fun time, you know, from my high school recruiting to all the way, you know, to our last game here. I, I wanted to say I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. We had some great times and, and uh, meaningful stuff that we've been through. We've been in this office sitting down, you and me talking one-on-one before. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we had yes. some issues over the years yes. to make sure we ironed out. Yes. But we always did. And uh, really, really grateful. I mean, those, those golden years, you know, for me. Yeah. And uh, beautiful time. And so I, I particularly like celebrating it with you now in this kind of setting. It's great. It's, it's the best. Stuff. You know, we've had ups and downs. We've had good times, bad times. But I appreciate every moment of them. Um, I think we had way more good than bad, but I think you got to have bad to, to appreciate anything. Exactly. But you started off at UOP. You know, you played there. We're going back. We're going back. I'm taking you back. But I'm like, we're not going to live there. We're just going to you know, okay. take you through. <laughs> so tell me, just tell me how you developed your philosophy defensively, because you've been through a lot of head coaches. You coached under a lot of great head coaches. Um where did you develop that? Yeah, the, the the significant time about my background in defense really wasn't back that far because 
It was all a blur. We, you know, we, and we weren't great at anything until I went to Arkansas with Monty Kiffin. Yep. That was when it first clicked about system and philosophy and approach. He's the best coach I ever worked with, and and uh, taught me so much and took me under his wing right from the beginning. And 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 we were we back and forth different places for years. We we're closest of friends, and and uh, that was the time. He was such a great ball coach that all of really the foundation of all of it started there. So you've coached. You, you made your way through. You made your way to the National Football League. You broke in. Your first in the league as a head coach, at least. Um, tell me about that experience. And obviously, it ended in New England. And, you know, they've had Belichick ever since. But just tell me what you learned through your first sin. Well, I... I had always been a San Francisco guy. Uh, I'd always was a Niner guy growing up. And so I always loved their football and, and tried to follow them. And, and whenever I could, I wound up after the jets going to San Francisco mm-hmm. and, uh, and had two years there. We had great teams and, and we won a lot of play great defense mm-hmm. there. And, uh, coach Walsh had come back as a, as a consultant the second year and all of the the coaches that had been around him were still intimidated by him, you know, right, right. but I didn't know. And, and I just was felt it was a great opportunity. So I hung with him as much as I could. And he welcomed it because other coaches wouldn't come see him. He had a little office in the corner, you know, and, <laughs> right. but that led to the reason I bring it up, but that led to the opportunity going to new England. And I had, I had had the opportunity to visit with Bill so much and ask so many questions. I felt like I really was dug in to the, the, the Niner way and, and what they had done expectations and the great leadership they had there in the day and all of that. Uh, the ownership was, we ran the program with a great philosophy. So when I go to interview with new England, um, Robert Kraft hires me with the understanding that I'm going to bring the San Francisco philosophy. I'm jacked because I, you know, I finally got there and, and, uh, the, the the quick story was we we did everything first class in San Francisco. Right. I mean, top drawer, treated the players great, looked after them, took care of them. Uh, it was a clear philosophy that I, I was bringing. I was excited to unveil. The first thing we get to, there's a uh, we're having a, a mini camp, <laughs> and so I'm just checking out, you know, how the setup of it, how it's organized, and I and so I'm I'm figuring into the the menu for the players on that weekend, yep. you know, and and Kraft comes to me and says. Well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and chips and stuff like that. And I went, and it hit me just as clear as a bell. I said, I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> I mean, if I can't even feed them the way I want to feed them, what's oh. going to come? I mean, I knew it. I had a moment, you know, oh my goodness. So he he didn't know what he was asking for, you know, at the time. Right. <laughs> we didn't cover the bologna sandwich stuff <laughs> in the interviews. But anyway, um, that situation was from the start was a little challenging. Right. So three years, we didn't do bad. I'm, I'm still yeah. proud of 27, 21, and we mm-hmm. went to playoffs two of the three years and all that kind of stuff. I remember that clearly. But that's when 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 Bill got the job, you know, and, and he had been there, and there was stuff going on the whole time I was there. It was uh, They had had really good teams before. Parcells, mm-hmm. they went to the Super Bowl. I got hired after they lost the Super Bowl. So right. I went in there thinking I was going to, you know, kick ass on and Bill Parcells. What in the world was I thinking? He's like <laughs> coach of the decade or something <laughs> right, like that, you know. Right. I'm bringing in, here comes Pete all fired up, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but that's how that, you know, that took place. And so uh, that was a, it was, I wasn't even surprised because of the way I could see it un- unfolding. But uh, I was pissed. Yeah. You know, just I mean, know me. I was pissed, you know, and I wanted to keep going. And it's, you know, it's a big change when that happens. But for the better, things came out of it. I hate to bring up old scars, but that's I just, okay. I, I expect that. I remember when we had them in 2012, when we had them, that was, you know, my second year. 
And you came in, you come in with energy to every single meeting. But that particular, the New England week, you came in with a different kind of energy. Oh, no. I'll never forget it. <laughs> really? I'll never forget it. You were like. I'm supposed to be the same, Dan. You you're 100%. <laughs> it was just a tad, you know, just a smidgen. You would know. But, but you came in with like something on your mind. Like you had to have this game. This was one you had to have. It meant something to you. And you made sure we understood it meant something. And it meant something to us because it meant something to you. Um, do, do you still feel that way now? I, you felt that way then. You know, obviously it's been a decade, over a decade since then. But do you still feel some some kind of energy towards the New England organization? Well, I, I would, you know me. I, I never talk about rivalries right, right, and right. stuff like that. I, I don't go there because I don't want to go there. But <laughs> but um, my my past is still with me, you know, and, and I, I don't forget that stuff. I don't forget that's not the only one. I I, I kind of carry those things with me, you know. Like uh, it's just it it fuels me. Those kinds of moments, uh, I don't. I find a way to put them someplace that's going to help me. Right. And uh, it, it being pissed off or focused a little more, whatever. Those kinds of moments have been the ones that I, I work to avoid. I don't want to go back to those kinds of situations, you know, and, and lose again or get beaten, particularly, you know, you know, the fashions that you can go down sometimes. And so, uh, it's been part of, it's just part of the competitiveness, you know, right. I, I don't want to let it go and ignore it. Right. I, I like that it's there and it's kind of sticks in my craw and, you know, and it's, it's okay. It's okay with me. I like that. I, I need it. You know, I got a few I, things I know, in my I, I know we share that. <laughs> yeah. share that. That's the first time I've heard you say that though. Oh, no. oh, yeah. I don't talk about that very much. Yeah, I, I don't need to. I just need to hold on you to it. You need to show it. Yeah. You do a great job of showing it. So then after that, you took a little break. Then you went to, to SC and, and you're still revered and loved and appreciated in LA for not even just the USC and all the success you guys had, but for the philanthropy, the caring, you went into some neighborhoods. I'm sure SC coaches of this decade haven't ever gone into. <laughs> you know, you went to the Jordan Down projects, the freaking, oh, you yeah. went to places and you gave back. Tell me about that relationship and the relationship with SC and, and just that phase of your career. It was a, just a marvelous time. It was such a rich time uh, because we turned a great program into, you know, really, you know, we were a powerhouse for a, a good run there. Uh, but it also, along with all of the winning, when I never will be able to experience that much winning. In the NFL, you can't be that dominant, you know. We went, we, we, yeah, we were, we were good. <laughs> but we went three years without losing a game, you know. So, that's I mean, that, that's a long time, that's you know. And so, uh, but but it was really the, the opportunity to connect with that, with the whole city and the, and the whole area that made it so, so extraordinary for me. And I've, I still miss being there. I still miss just driving, you know, Figaro and here I go and seeing all the sites because it meant so much and it was so powerful. And we really started to connect. We connected in a lot of areas, you know, whether it was, you know, Jordan Downs, Grape Streets, wherever we were, you know, so many, uh, Watts, there were so many things that happened that were so powerful and fun and rich and, and we, law enforcement, and we went deep, you know, and mm -hmm. so those, those times were, where I just treasure them. It was really hard to leave because I knew I would never be able to have the same influence mm -hmm. that I had, you know, and, and it just kind of over years, you know, it just diminishes and you can't have the same impact. Right. But we were having some real, there was some real stuff in there that was going on that was really meaningful and, and important. I, I think, I think your impact is still felt in LA and, you know, for what it's worth, I think kids still remember, you remembered and reverence, like you remembered wow. and, um, it's and more than I could ask for. Yeah. It, that's all you can ask for. It's it's fantastic. But you 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 changed philosophies when you got there. You know, you started to talk about this book called the the inner game of tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and just how your mindset had changed uh, and how you approached it, and it was all about competing at that point. Can you tell me about that transition? Yeah, that that, that occurrence that happened in, in 
well before I left UOP, when I was okay. in graduate school there, is when that first, so that was already deep in me, and uh, that was about, it's about performance, you know, mm. it's about being able to quiet your mind in the, in the midst of all the chaos, and, and how you can focus uh, so that you can perform like you're capable, mm. that was beautiful stuff that I, that I picked up back then. But it, it took me time to figure out how to make sense of it. I was always the same guy. I've been coaching the same way. I got in trouble when I, my first year I was a GA at UOP with the head coach, you know, because I was having meetings where I was asking the players what they wanted to work on and stuff. And, and you know, I got my butt kicked from my head coach right, for, right. for being on that kind of a level of communication. But I haven't lost that part of it. But it, it was later that it, it was after the New England time uh, when I, we were still in New England. I sat out that year after that. And it was during the uh, the preparation for the next job season that was coming up. And I started getting really antsy. You know, I've been out a year. I was trying to figure out how to do what you're doing or whatever. And it made no sense to me at all. I was, I was totally fish out of water. And so as the, the coaching season came back, I got, I got jacked up because I didn't need to get competitive again. And in that time, that's when that's when something really clicked. And that's when I realized, remember, there's a moment. Anyone want to share the moment? Uh, I'm reading uh, Coach John Wooden's book, and I'm sitting in my desk, and, and I'm looking at it, uh, the little blue book, and it says in his 16th year at UCLA, he won his first national championship. And I just, I slammed the book down. I thought, holy shit. It took him 16 years because once he won, he won like 10 of the next 11. He couldn't even beat the guy, you know? And, and what it just was so clear, it was an epiphany that, he was so unique and so different. He had his own way of doing things and, and and people knew that, but he found a way to connect with his players and make sense to them that could keep them on a level of achievement that, you know, unheralded. I mean, nobody's ever done any better than that. Anyway, so that moment, things started clicking for me and I just started, I just dug in and in the next two weeks, everything happened. All of the notebooks, all of the notes, all of the, the, uh, the recollections, all of the putting things in order. Uh, I mean, like 80% of what I'm doing right now happened in those two weeks. Wow. And and that the 20% was the most important though. Mm -hmm. The 80% kicked my butt and got me going. And it was, I had to get my act together. I, I, I had worked all that time. Even when I went to New England, when I thought I had my, my approach, I had Bill's approach. Mm -hmm which I understood that's not going to work. It's got to come from me. And so I got to get right to the center and the heart of who I am and what I'm all about if I'm going to have a chance. And that was about competing. And so, you know, I, I really, one moment in that, in those weeks, I said, God, I'm a competitor. And it felt so good to say that. And I thought back when I was a little kid and ever since I've, everything I've ever done, I've been battling. And if I could keep my approach connected to competing, I could always be on me. I could be true to it and I could be authentic and I could be real. And it would keep me on in, in, in a vein that I hoped that would allow me to communicate really well with all the people that I was dealing with. And that's where it all happened. And so, you know. You had an unbelievable run. Yeah, like yeah, and to get that reinforcement coming out of that, it just made me stronger. Not until I got here, though, did it was like that four or five years, maybe six years into it, when stuff started to come together in, in a clearer fashion. The inner game thing was always with me. You guys don't even know. I mean, I was teaching you guys stuff the whole time from that source and I never even, I never even brought it up. Right. You know, I, nobody ever knew it, but it was just part of the philosophy of helping guys generate the confidence that it takes to be totally trusting in who you are and what you are and bringing that to games one week after the next and bring it to practice one day after the next, you know, and, and learning how to focus in that kind of manner. And I, I just didn't have it all understood, but I was doing it. And since I've understood it, it's just become clearer in the messaging and the ability to, you know, to connect and hopefully share with the guys and, and, uh, and keep us on track. So I mean, it's, it's 13 years later now, right. you know? and, you're and, still and, and, and it's, it's, it's the consistency that the philosophy allowed. And then that the, it was eight, eight or nine 
nine years at SC and then 13. So it's, it's really kept me on track. And so it's helped me help others. And so it's been, it's been a freaking blast. The new Gran Turismo movie is based on a true story of a teen's journey from video game player to real life racer. The movie follows Jan Martinborough, a construction worker from Wales, who, through his skills on Gran Turismo, the video game, broke into the elite world of professional motorsports. Jan receives the chance of a lifetime when Nissan and Sony host a competition to identify the best GT players and give them a shot at racing in real life. Doubted by his family, his fellow racers, and even his coach, Jan is an unlikely outsider trying to change the game and break into an exclusive and incredibly dangerous sport. If he can find a way to win, he will change the game forever. This state-of-the-art movie recreates some of the most famous and dynamic racing competitions in the world and breathtaking sequences that need to be seen on the big screen. Can't just watch it in your living room. Directed by Neil Blomkamp, the visceral action, sounds, and the thrills of the racetrack were brought to life using actual Nissan GTs, drones, and practical effects, all shot with the most sophisticated technology and advanced cameras. The racing sequences were so realistic that Jan Martinborough himself actually served as a stunt driver for the film. The movie features an incredible cast led by David Harbour alongside Orlando Bloom, Jamon Hansu, Jerry Hollowell Horner, and Archie Madikwe as Dan Mattenberg. Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is exclusively in theaters this Thursday, rated PG-13. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. It's, it's been really cool to be a part of and really cool to watch. I was a kid when you were at SC and to see the success you had with Carson and Mike Williams and then Matt came and Reggie. Uh, offensively, you guys had a lot of big-time playmakers. You had Kevin Ellis on on defense. That's you had, good, yeah, good yeah, you had some really good players. Um, all the linebackers, Keith Rivers, um, who else? Troy Palomalu. To go all the way back. Big, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was big fantastic. Monster. You coached all these great players, but then you get here and 
the roster wasn't quite what you want it to be. I remember in 2010, I wasn't here, but I came the next year. And the first thing they told us was they did the most transactions in the history of the league <laughs> last year trying to get this we team right. Johnny and I were rolling them through. <laughs> we were so, trying to figure it out. Don't expect to be here long if you're not performing like they want you to do, but give your best. Um, and I remember... I remember having conversations with you just about, you know, getting recruited and we joked around about our time at SC and Stanford and, you know, we're not even going to go back to Harbaugh and his nonsense and all that. We've, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, 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 come on now. I'm not trying to reopen those I love those Jim. I love Jim now, but yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, you know, everybody, everybody gets past things. You know, I, I have a hard time most, but that's my flaw. <laughs> um, but you get this really cool group of people together. You get you get Russell when you drafted his club. Well, you start off with the 2010 class of Earl and Okun. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember every single person in that class. Uh, Cam was in that class, obviously. Um, but really foundational pieces. Then the next year, you get KJ, myself, you get Carp, Malcolm's on that, B-Max, Doug's in that class. Uh, then the next year, you get Bruce and, and Bobby, who's still here. You get Russell. You get you built the foundation of the team. Tell me, when did it start to feel special? Because this is your second stint in the league and you're going all in with your philosophy. And it seems to be, you seem to have the right guys. Like, because I've always felt when you were speaking and you were teaching that, like I could feel the psychological aspect of it, but I also felt like you were right. Like I felt like you gave us the best chance to like relax your mind, go out there, old school, roll the ball out and play. And so that really resonated with me. And I think it resonated with everybody else. And that's why we performed at our best. Did you feel that same way with the guys you got? With the guys I got now you're talking about? With with then. then. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, together. no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. We were putting we were putting pieces together. The 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 thing you remember this was this will ring true. We were always I'm always trying to find guys that are unique, guys that got something about them that makes them who they are, and then try to figure out a way to bring that into our team and, and in their play, but also in their personality, and then see if we can't, you know help people feel great about their role in all of this. And so that was a constant. So the, the, all of the guys you named, everybody had something about them that made them something special and unique. And whenever we could, it's why it was so important to get Marshawn, you know, when Marshawn came out, I mean, I knew him through high school and, and through the college thing. And then when he went to Buffalo and he got in trouble and all that, and we, he was just an important element because he was so as we know him, is extraordinarily unique and an amazing person. And I wanted that guy on our team. I didn't know if he'd be any good. I just wanted him on our team. Mm -hmm. And so we were just putting the team together. Uh, the guys that you mentioned, everybody had a had a commonality about the competitiveness. We were that's what I was looking for. I wanted the guys that would compete their ass off no matter what. That was really important to them. They even when they were whacked about it, like you were at times, mm -hmm. and Doug was at times. I mean, think about how crazy we got. You know, Earl was nuts, and you got a few you know, psychopaths. Was, in there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was, but it was great that because there was a place for us. Mm -hmm. You know, like where Stanford wasn't really the place, place for, for you. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't for Doug either. But here it was. And so I hoped that we could just keep finding it. And then, then Russ came in and Russ was ready to, you know, Russ was a very unique player and, and had his own way about stuff and his own approach and all that. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't know any of you guys, I didn't know what was going to happen, but, I but I wanted to go with you guys, you know, that I wanted to do it with you guys. And, and, and the guys like that. And so uh, Bruce, I mean, Bruce's story, I mean, shoot, I mean, uh, nobody knows the whole story, but <laughs> the story behind that, I want him on our team. Mm -hmm. And so we, we might've drafted him a little higher than other people, but I didn't didn't care because I wanted them on a club, you know? And so we built it around that the personalities that could make us 
all operate at a high level if we could just hang together right. and 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 then we might be special you know and it, it happened and that's know, not so. even mentioning the big reds and oh, playing him at, in the six banger and, and, and the bangers you know, all the guys and the, yeah. you know clem US. you know great great part of this team and he you know, he might have been at issue other places he was but here he was right in where he should be mm -hmm. you know and it felt like that it felt like guys were where they should be and, and that was the foundation of this you know this program i'd say the one of the perfect players to embody that was BB in his time because you 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 guys put together a group, but you you weren't always there. It goes right back to the running. He ran on the track at, at, at SC and he ran terrible. Mm -hmm. He ran like four eight or something like that. <laughs> then he goes to Oregon State and kills it as a press corner. Mm -hmm. He was great, and they had really good. They were coaching him well and they played well. Totally lost track of him. And then somewhere in a workout down here, here's Brandon Browner. You mean the guy from? He, he, let me see what he can do because I had in my mind this guy knows how to press. Mm -hmm. And we ran. We ran. I think he ran four six three. Mm -hmm. I thought, holy shit, that's fast enough. <laughs> that's, that's fast enough for the, what he knows. Maybe I remember saying that after that workout, this guy may be one of the real parts of this program because he had a way about him. And well, you know, mm -hmm. the rest of history. You know, Walter Thurman the third. Walter, same yeah. thing. Sure, one of the most unique in gifted corners that I've ever Amazing been around. athlete. You guys, like, I will say, when you brought us in here, you, Brown, Brown, Brandon, the first day, maybe the second day, because remember, that was a lockout year, so we didn't have mini camp, no OTAs, no anything. And Brandon was sitting at a table by himself. He was really, you know, he's just, you know, he's been through a lot. He was kind of really protective, like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want nobody around me. I'm protecting, like, I'm going to make this team. I'm a killer. And, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a playful guy. So I sit with him. I'm like, what, what's up? Like, you're not going to sit by yourself when I'm here. <laughs> you know yeah. Let's talk. And he told me, he was like, hey, you long, I'm long. They brought us here to put our hands on people. So from day one, <laughs> put your goddamn hands on people every chance you, you get. Tell, I, you never told me that. I didn't know you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's so much about like the players you guys brought together. And I want to <laughs> I want to share that while we're in this interview. But your philosophy, I think the thing that made us the great at who we are as people made us terrible when 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 our hearts got broke. Yeah, you know what I mean, because because we're so obsessive. That was the that was the coming pain that that I I had never experienced that. Right. You know, I'd never lived through a generation of players. Right. You know what I mean? I'd always bounced around. I was all over the place. You know, and that that generation that you were part of was the first time. I mean, year eight or nine, or whatever it was, when we were here and we started I had to make some decisions. It was heartbreaking. Be, be, you know how we feel about mm -hmm. you. And, mm -hmm. But but and I always said this because I always said this when people would get to this point. If somebody's got to tell you the really hard news, I'll do it. Right. You know, I'll do it. I, and with the thought that I think if we true all the way along and th the hard stuff comes, it's going to come with feeling and meaning and emotion and all of that. And eventually we'd get back and we'd be okay. The, but it, I, just, I don't know. I just wanted, yeah, I wanted to take one. the hit on that mm -hmm. one. You know, I'll take the hit because I hated it. <laughs> I don't want to, but. But I would take the hit because I thought maybe we would wind up on the other end of it sitting here talking freaking Come on ball, now. man. That's the best you way know? to do it. You're yeah. a wise man. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about good things for, for now because you had some really great players you coached. You coached Joey Browner, you know, cool. and, and so you coached some really great all pros in, in, in San Francisco. Tim McDonald, you you had Merton. Merton Hanks, yeah. Um, You had, who'd you have at corner? Uh, Eric Davis. You had an ED. Yeah. ED at corner. Who was um, guy from, we got from the Rams on the last year we were there. I know, but we, we had we had some real sorted guys. Right, <laughs> right. Know? And in New England, you had Ty. You had you had Lawyer. Lawyer yeah, was playing yeah, his Willie best Clay. ball. Yeah, yeah. Willie yeah. Clay. You yeah. had some really great guys. But when you got here, you had some some no names, which, which were, were considered, and they developed. And 
into a really great and formidable defense. Tell me about how proud you were of what you, you know, you and John and, and you know, Gus and DQ and all you guys, Chris, Norton. Kenny, yeah. Yeah, you guys created. And did you expect it to ever reach that point? You know, some people give us credit for being one of the best defenses to play the game. I, I think the statistics kind of bear it out. The <laughs> six-year run in there that was phenomenal, you know. Um, uh, man, I took great pride in it because I, and, and when it gets down to it, I'm not a whole lot different than you are. I'm not a whole lot different than than you know any of our dudes that had that had the the real chip on their shoulder because I have had that since I was a little kid you know mm -hmm. and so in that you know we we shared the experience together I really don't I don't feel like I did it I coached sure. you guys to make you did sure. I don't feel like that at all I feel like we did this together and we did something that was really freaking cool and we we hung in there as long as we could and then we had to you know changes had to come that's the bad part of it the, the change why couldn't we just keep playing like right, that right, you right, know right, right. Uh, that that's really how I wished it could have been but that's the not the reality of it so we had to live with it and and uh and 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 try to come back from it. but anyway it was a, a source of great pride i was really proud coming from sc because we'd had so much success there to just see what would happen in the league what happens if you take care of people and you love them up and you, and you look after them what would be the result you know and and, and because it, i was so uh uh, I was so moved by what happened at USC. I mean, I'm never forgetting that. I'm never forgetting what happened there. That, that's as big to me as anything I've ever been a part of. And but to be able to go somewhere else and then and dive in in the same fashion with the same commitment to it, and then see the relationships happen. You know, you know our guys. Mm -hmm. You guys are still living in town. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it, it happened. And so that, I take great pride in that, and it, because it's it's become my life. You know, I, I mean, it, I just poured my life into it, and, and it became something special. I think you should feel like you had more, like you're not giving yourself enough credit, you know, because everybody in this day and age wants to say they were good because of him or he was good because of them. Like it, it sometimes is perfect symbiosis. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. it's somebody I, unlocking I, I something in, in, in a group of men that may not have been unlocked by anybody else and a group of men unlocking something in somebody else that may not have been locked because you coached a stint before and you had all pro players. But I think in our time here, in our six years, we had as many all pros combined as you had in your first stint with with most of the guys you coached yeah i didn't, I didn't yeah probably all those years together yeah. yeah 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 i don't know what those numbers are but but it's it, it was it was great football and what i would say about your philosophy we bought in in totality like when you dive in full face into anything when whenever it shatters it's going to shatter your spirit you know yeah. what i mean or, otherwise there's no reason to be bought in it's like falling in love you know yeah. you you fall all the way in love you freaking your heart gets you're all in, just, yeah. you're all in. Yeah. and i think that's was the best part of our team and the worst part about some of us because we bought so far in that it was like wait wait this this is ending yeah this should never this should never <laughs> i felt the same way i felt the same way there was nothing we could do about it though we just had to just do it you know mm -hmm. and so but i i may take more pride in the fact that we're back mm -hmm. You know, with all of our guys, and 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 we're connected because it was real. I mean, the experience was real. Yeah, there was some shit we had to go through, but it was real because it lasts. It out, we outlast them. Right. Is what it amounts to. You know. Talk, tell me about the Super Bowl, because that had to me. I know you say your time at SC is the most special time to you, but that had to mean something. Oh, to, to yeah. get back to the no, the, the, to, to come back to our community and bring that bring that parade, as it's Glenn and my is like our favorite moment in our life. You know, to to have to pour so much into it and then see it capture so many people in such a celebratory manner, you know, that, that was amazing. But 
to me, it was getting back. It was mm -hmm. going again. And that's mm -hmm. good. I, that always, you, you don't know this, but when, when I went to New England, check this out. When I went to New England, my first meeting, I'm up in front of these guys. They just came off the Super Bowl. Parcells was their dude. And here comes Pete. I keep thinking, like, you know, they used to portray me with a surfboard and a <laughs> glass of wine, you know, in the pictures and the caricatures <laughs> and stuff like that. And then here's Bill with the pearl handled, you know. Anyway, so uh, I asked him, one of the first questions I asked him, I said, how many guys think it was the, the greatest thing in the world to, to, to you know, win the Super Bowl? Raise your hand. And a bunch of guys raise your hand. And I said, how many of you think really the greatest thing is to come back and win it twice? Raise your hand. And they didn't know what to do with, with that, you know. <laughs> but that's always been in my mind. I mean, I, I don't even know where that came from. I don't, I don't have any idea right. where, that, where that was generated from. But, but that was to, to show that you can do it again. Mm -hmm. Show that you're real. Show that no matter what happens, you can still be you. To the freaking moment, you know, right. to the moment. Right. And, and uh, you know, you guys are so mad at me and so pissed. <laughs> we're hurt. I, I, we're I, hurt. Wish, I, I wish I could feel it like the way I should feel it, but, you know. You got to keep that going. That play just happened. Yeah. That play got called, just happened. It wasn't like by design. It wasn't, there was no foreshadowing, no intent, no uh, you know, agenda. That play just happened. And, um I'm going to just tell you again. You guys didn't. You guys couldn't hear it for years. But when we got down there, I think we had one. If I remember, we had one timeout, mm -hmm. and so as soon as we got there, I said one of these plays we're going to have to throw it to get all four plays because I'm always in. Make sure that we have a chance to get all four shots. Right. You know, regardless of what the first, second, third play was, let's make sure that we get all of our shots. And so we were smart about that. So that was heard over the. You know, I said you know, so one of these plays we have to, we have to throw it, and so we run the first play. And I think, I think what happened is Bill said, late, he sends in the goal line team, mm -hmm. you know, and we had already sent in 11. Right. And so we're in 11 versus goal line. And so that went through the, the play callers mm -hmm. and that's, that's what led them to throw it on that down. Right. It had nothing to do with anything else. Right. It was just, well, this may be our, if we got to throw one of these downs, you know, which we practiced a million times, you know, we're in that situation. We got to throw one of these downs. Let's pick it out, which is the right, you know, whatever. It'll fall into place so that we get all our chances. Right. And so that's what happened. It wasn't by design. There was no agenda. There was none of that. It was just the way we had prepared. So I was rock solid on, on the philosophy of it. Mm -hmm. It just, it right. just was the worst play that could ever happen, you know? <laughs> and, and, uh, it's just, you know, and the guy makes a, he made a, a play, play of a lifetime, I, I, I a play of a career, career for everybody's career, really. <laughs> and it, and it turned all of that so dark, so instantly. Yeah. So then we, well, we, you know, and I, if you remember my moment was I've been down and think, Oh shit, I got to take this. You know, and so I'm, I'm, this is, I thought this is the, one of those moments that you prepare for, you got to be the epitome of poise, handle it, deal with it and own it because there's, there's nothing you can say that's going to put it any other place. It was just as catastrophic as any moment could be. And so the locker room, you know, all the other stuff. But the thing was, and Doug said this to me not too long ago, had we won that game, we'd have we won the won next another. We'd have won again. Because <laughs> we got back anyway. Right. We went back to the playoffs anyway. Right. Again, after with all the caramel, <laughs> all the stuff that was in everybody's brain and heart and all that, it was incredible. It was it was a great team, man. Yeah. We were a great team. It, it, it just hurt. It was more hurt than anger. And anger comes out as hurt. You know, hurt comes out as anger sometimes. And because it just felt like Sean was like, Oh, you know, you know, obviously, I, agree with you. You know, yeah, I totally yeah, but, agree with you. And, but, I, and I did the whole time. It just, it's just it, what happened, it, it, you know, so I, we had the to philosophy is solid, the philosophy yeah. and what you thought. And that's that you're totally right. And that under those circumstances. Um, but I would say this in that time, you almost had a greater effect on the national football league than, than 
than any other coach. I mean, even Belichick, because it was a contrast in styles. You were doing it your way. You were doing it a much more optimistic way. You're coaching an optimistic, and football is not an optimistic game. Yeah. You know, you you get in practice, you're gonna get mf'd. You're like, do it right. Like you're not, and you wouldn't allow coaches to coach that way. You always had to have a positive outlook. You had to finish it with positivity. You had to encourage them, be encouraging, even in mistakes. And that was just a whole different way of being coached. And, you know, some people would, you know, I, early, back in the day, they'd be like, man, that's crazy. They're, they're being soft. But it worked so well that I think other teams started to adapt it. And they started to freaking draft corners that are su super long and super tall. It didn't always work out. Effect on them, yeah. And they start make, running three, yeah. running the, the coverage, even though we ran it a little different than everybody else. And I even saw it in Ghost, Gus's coaching style and DQ's coaching style and even Salah to this day. Mm -hmm. When when I went to San Francisco and it's he was still, DC, it's, still, it's, it's still, still part of the it, philosophy a, of it. A lot of the foundational pieces you've had such an influence on all these guys. Are how proud are you of that? Well, you know, I don't spend much time on that. I, I mean, I love my guys and that we worked with, and we'll be just like we are. I am with those guys too that we worked with, and that's just kind of how how it's been. But um, yeah, it, it's just ball, and so it's. Times change and things adapt and they adjust and all. But there's still a, there's a heart line that goes through our guys that uh, that we all. I mean, when I talk to DQ, I talk to Gus. It's just like they just walk down the hall. I mean, we're so connected, and uh, so you know, I mean, that, I'm I'm proud of it and all that. But um, I, I don't know. I don't take much credit for that. Did the all decade team? I know awards don't mean anything to you, but did that mean to you? You were you were one of the best coaches in this decade. Um, when you came back, I don't even know what award you're talking about. Well, what? you got the All Decade team. It's the AP. Uh, they do an All Decade team every year or or every decade. That's um, cool. Well, I like that. And <laughs> you were you were one of the coaches. You and you and Beal. They've done it for every decade before, uh, and it's always been a Hall of Fame coach. And uh, you were the one for you were one of the ones for this decade. And I thought you were one of the best coaches of this decade. So I think we had five Appreciate guys that. on it: me, Bobby, you, uh, Earl, and Marshawn. That's a good group. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's a proud group. Of but yeah, it was a good group of guys. Yeah. But when does it end for you? I don't know. Look how much fun I'm having. <laughs> right? I'm having the time of my life right now. <laughs> this team we're, we're 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 building right now is as as fun as any any team we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Different, unique mm -hmm. to themselves. We're going to find it. We haven't found it yet, but we're going to find it. I think uh, because everybody's in. Everybody's all in. They're listening. We're, we're tuned in. We're having a blast. Yeah. I mean, practice yesterday was just another celebration of stuff, you know. And so, um, I don't know, you know. Do you find I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know what to measure it against. Just keep rolling, right? You know, John, hanging with me, and keep putting up with my crap, and, right. and right. you know, and they'll just, you know, we'll just keep going. But right now, I don't even care about that thought. Right. You know, like how long or whatever. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled by the thought that this is year thirteen or twelve or fourteen, whatever the heck it is, that we've been here because to me. It's never been about winning the one time. I mean, like give you the illustration of the Super Bowl is how long can you keep winning? How long can you keep going? How long can you can you stay? Because I've always I used to say when they'd ask me, I'd say I can't tell you how we're doing now. I'll look back a few years from now and I'll let you know. Right. You know, because I want to look back and see what we were able to do. It goes all the way back to my first game I was ever a head coach. Uh, in in we we're playing in in Buffalo mm -hmm. and the game's over and I'm going out to kind of gloat. We won the first game, you know, and I'm going out to kind of gloat and hang out, you know, the stadium, all that stuff. And I look back and on the wall they had all their division championships, like you know, a ton of them in a row. That's winning. Yep. That's when that's where Win Forever thought came from. Mm -hmm.
That was that was where that that moment was where that thought came from. That that's the real deal. It's not just once you know you show something and then you're out of here. That's why the pride that I took in in personal pride about getting back to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl was such a big deal. Because how many teams don't that you don't see or hear from right. again? You know. So that's I don't know. It's wherever that two year question I had, you know, <laughs> or two time question. I don't even know what that. Because this group is such a unique group. I think this is the best, most talented group you guys had in a long time. But it, you know, it, it, when you've done something special and you you were a part of such a special group early on, you, you kind of it, it's hard for the players to get out of the shadow of it. You right, know, and it's right. unfortunate. It's just the times we live in. You know, and I don't even and want I, you to. I, I hate. Yeah, I don't even want you to. You know, that's why we've got guys all over the place. Doug's been here. KJ, Cam. You know, guys keep coming back. I love when you guys are around. You know, it's not like, and I don't think of it as, as that's yesteryear. I think if it's it's an illustration of what you could become. It's it's motivation, inspiration for these guys right. to know that it, that the connection was real mm-hmm. and it stays on and it lasts, and they could be part of that too if they they got to do everything they can to be part of it. Though, okay. you know, that's been you know people look at it, Rich, you know, like it's optimistic and they're having fun and all that. They don't get it. Right. Nobody get, and and I I don't I feel we've been misunderstood for a long time. For a long time. I don't which I don't really care right. about them ever understanding it, but they don't get it. You know. This is about hard-ass, hardball, kick-ass football. Mm-hmm. And, and if you ain't that way, if you if that doesn't, if it doesn't mean something to you and, and that deep, deep sense in your heart, then this isn't the right place for you. But yeah, we're gonna have a good time doing it though. Right. We we know how to do that. But if if it doesn't have that that connection, that's what I'm trying to generate in this group right now, then we're not doing it. Do you know the other day? KJ said, and I'm 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 interviewing you now. KJ was told that uh that I made a comment about why we show highlights. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Why we show highlights every day in, in, in the meetings. And I was telling uh, Brock and Salk why. You know, I said, well, it's I'm trying to show the players who are who their teammates are. Right, and I want I want them to learn to know who they are. And they told that to KJ. KJ, no way. That's not why he was doing it. You know, <laughs> KJ, he like he didn't get it. I thought that was the funniest is that thing. That's the craziest thing. I <laughs> yeah. always thought that was exactly why. That, that is exactly because why. Because it gave you a I never answer. told you guys that, but that's why we do it, you know, because we're trying to learn who we are. Right. That's where we are right now. We're learning who we are and we're trying to figure out what does that mean? What is that going to stand for? Right. And what will be the standards of how we. We live up to that, you, you know? You used to, what I used to remember about those highlights is you knew exactly the kind of team we had. You knew exactly what to expect on game day from every player because you, you'd sit there and watch it every single day. So when it happened in the game, it's like, hey, Sherm caught a fade. It's like, well, Sherm catches his fades <laughs> and Doug made a big play. Doug made somebody fall. Marshawn ran somebody over, stiff-armed somebody. Earl is all over the place. Like, Cam's running through people. Like, you expect the stuff. Bobby's making great plays. KJ's carrying the special and making huge plays on receivers. Like, you see it every day. You see the consistency of the work. And that's what I always appreciated because it gave you an immense appreciation. You know, that's all Gus, Gus is, you know, having yeah. a genuine appreciation. Yeah, right. But but it did. Okay, in, in that, Rich, understand that what that is is getting to know yourself individually but also as a team, when you know who you are, then you, and you're, you're true to it and you own it. That's when you can hold your shit together. No matter what's going on around you, you can still be you. And that's how we can sustain and how we can come back faster and not lose four games in a row, whatever, you know, we keep coming back to us and that's tell the truth Monday and then compete on Wednesday. We had to get back to us and forget what just happened and what's, what's behind us. 
that authenticity is what gives you a chance to really bring about your best. Everybody knows, we trust, we understand what's expected of you, what's expected of him. That gives you the best, I think, the best makeup for sustaining right. you know, excellence. And so have you, this is, sorry, this is a random thing, but it's something I, I don't think you've ever noticed <laughs> that you thought about because it's just our specific group. So I, I think about it because <laughs> it's where the Legion of Boom died. And it's where, you know, it's where I say it. But Arizona Stadium, is a house of horrors. <laughs> so in Arizona Stadium, we lost the Super Bowl. I tore my Achilles. That was my yep. last game as a Seahawk. Cam hurt his neck. That was his last game as a Seahawk. Earl, Earl broke his leg. Flicked everybody. Can we not talk about this? Very <laughs> much? <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. It's the only topic I don't want to. I don't want to expound upon. Maybe you may want to cut this out. No, it's the truth. Yeah, that, it's the truth. It hurt. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And then we a got, tie in overtime. Oh you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding. Hundred plays. <laughs> yeah. It's the, but that, I don't know what was wrong with that stadium, but my goodness, I hate I it. I think we won a lot there, though. Yeah, we, we did. We yeah. won a lot. We just, th those games, just the stuff that happened afterwards was I just don't know, a, I don't get it. Yeah. dramatic. Um, but I appreciate you taking the time. Um, probably won't bother you again about this stuff. You know, I tried to make it not make it too controversial, but I appreciate your time in coaching and believing and drafting a, a, a lanky kid out of Stanford and, and believing he had a chance and not not replacing me after my first start. That was really a big deal for me. I don't know why you believed in me. I always wanted to ask you that. What made you keep starting me? I well, was I like, say, why I didn't y'all get I can't remember the collection of things that happened, but <laughs> all of a sudden I'm looking at, we were banged up and hurt. And so I pull out all of your one-on-ones. I said, put them together, all those one-on-ones. I go, this is your first camp. And I'm looking at them, oh, jeez, man. You know, you were struggling. You <laughs> right. were, you know, you, and I, but let's go with them anyway. Let's go with it. I don't care. I know I did my homework, and I was going to try to justify that why I was going to start you. You know, and I and I looked at it. Oh shit! <laughs> <You know? laughs> and 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 then it just connected. It just connected to get you on the field and other guy on the other side, and away we go. Yeah. And and I believed in you. You know, you were the best third round pick. They got picked in the fifth round <laughs> that we ever made. You know, and and it, but it was your. You were just the right kind of makeup for me to represent me mm -hmm. in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so I went with it and uh, just believed in it and, and thought it was going to work out. And just, you know, I'd coached, you don't know this, but you probably don't remember, Perry Williams was the first long guy that I ever coached. Okay. That was all the way back at NC State. Oh, wow. Perry Williams became a, uh, he played corner for the Giants for years. Mm -hmm. He was the stiffest couldn't catch nothing, but he could run like the wind. And he was six, two something with, he was like, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, it all started way back then. So I've always had that image of if I can get my guys, you know, don't have to be that way, but that's, that's the image. And so you were just right in the, in the mold of it. So I want to make it, see if we can make it. I felt like I lived by your <laughs> philosophy and, and something you said in an interview a while ago, you always felt like something good was just about to happen. And I felt like our years just about every time something good ended up happening. It was just around the corner. It right. was coming. It was right. coming. You were you were exactly the illustration of that. Sure, it's been a it's been a great run, yes. you know. And we've had so much fun, and there's more and more to do for, for all of us. But I'm so proud of you, man. I appreciate that. You know, background coming from overcoming Stanford. No, you know, draft. No, <laughs> it didn't work out quite the way you wanted to. But from all the stuff we did. And, Plus, all the things that you you worked your way through in your career that m made you who you are, sitting right in here in this office and talking through it, 
always the ability to get back to balance, which was so, I thought, so extraordinary about you. And it, it, people didn't understand you. You know, neither one of us have been very well understood. Right. You know, so that's okay. You that's know, okay. We, as long as we have our places to go and people to hang with. But uh, it's just been, it's been a great joy. And I'm so fired up that you're doing good, Thank you cool stuff much. here. And all uh, my mine won't mean as much, but I'm proud of you too. I'm proud of you continuing to persevere, continuing to build young men, enjoying the process. And, and, and you keep, and 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 vesting and like Gino, Gino is a perfect example right now. Like a dude that is getting belief, getting yeah. a guy, he's re, getting return on your investment because you appreciate him. You showed him that hey, you can do this at a high level, and I think you can. And he's showing you he could. And I'm just, it, it brought tears to my eyes when I saw it happening the whole year. That's why I was freaking hyping him up every chance we got to talk about him on TV because I understood the philosophy. I understand what you stand for. And what he's experienced, and, and it was just so cool to see. Yeah, so. Gino's a real deal. Yeah, yes. As long as he remembers, it's all about the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the ball. Thank hey, you. Thank you very much. I appreciate all you, right. Coach. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.